This is the Marriage Bites Podcast, episode 49. How to have hard conversations. Welcome to the Marriage Bite. I didn't even say that. Welcome to the Marriage Bites Podcast, everybody. We are so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. We are grateful that you're here. Tell your friends. If you like it. If you don't, don't tell your friends. <laughs> yeah, they might not like you then. <laughs> so, anyway. So we're still scorching. It's still summer. Mm-hmm. Vacation's Ooh. coming up. Looking vac- forward to that. Me too. Maybe we'll tell you all about it when we get back. Yep. So this episode is a part two from last week's episode. What La- was last week's about? Last week we talked about how to create safety in communication with your spouse. So when you need to have a hard conversation, you need to feel safe in order to have a hard conversation or a conversation where you share something that's close to your heart. And we did a whole episode on that because it is so important Yeah. to feel safe in what you have to share. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you won't want to share whatever it is you want to share. Right. If you don't have enough safety, maybe you won't be able to get 100% safe. Because if you're sharing something that you are pretty sure your spouse is going to have a hard time hearing, you may not be able to get to feeling 100% safe. But you can get enough of the way there that you can actually be able to say the thing and then have a conversation that will actually be productive rather than spiral out of control. So if you don't create safety first, then the rest of this process will not work for you very well. It takes some courage to share something. It really does. And every one of us has some courage in us. Mm -hmm. I know we might have some listeners that say, I'm just, I have no courage in me. You do. Everybody does. That's true. And you're sharing something with your spouse who feigns to love you. Do you know what feigns means? Crap. Did I just say something else? I have a funny story about that. It's probably not appropriate for the... uh... I'm just not sure if you know what that means. It's like to express. No. Feign means to pretend. Well, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, I know that. Your spouse pretends to love you? I see that. Profess to love you? That's the word I was thinking. (laughs) I think most of us have some kind of experience where we were using one word using it a little bit incorrectly. Yeah. I know how to do that pretty good. Yes, you do. So, all right, back to what we were talking about. Back to the topic. So when you need to have, or when you want to have a hard conversation with your spouse, step one is to create safety for yourself. Your spouse cannot create a sense of safety in yourself. They can't make you feel safe. They can sometimes influence how safe you feel or unsafe you feel. But ultimately, you need to be able to have your own strong sense of self. You need to be able to hold boundaries that are healthy and strong and create a safe place for yourself before you'll be able to share something that it's hard for your spouse to hear. Step two is to get curious. So if it has to do with something that your spouse did, you get curious about why they did it, what might've been going on for them, You can get curious about yourself too. If it's something that you've done that you want to now tell them what you've done, why did I do that? What was actually behind what was behind what I did with that? Well, and I would think not just what they've done, but perhaps something they believe. Mm -hmm. There's been many times you've come to me with something that you've recently learned or something that you've held as a belief for a long time and told me about it, which I could just brush that off and say, no, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. But it's better to be curious. Why do you think that way? What 
What's your train of thought with that? Ask uh-huh. additional questions. Yeah. What is um, so this can happen. Try, try to get into your mind about why that's important, or yeah. why you believe what you believe, or why you did what you did. Yeah. Whatever it might be. So this can be actually asking questions of your spouse, but most of the time, I think this is going to be an internal conversation where you're asking yourself, "Why did my spouse do that?" Or why did I react this way? Or why did I make that choice? Or why did they make that choice? Or why do they believe this way or that way? But just really trying to think about it from all sides. Just get really curious. And I would say curiosity without judgment. Well, yes, I think you can be curious in your own head. But you can also be curious and ask questions, which can open up more dialogue between the two of you and more intimacy can be shared. Right. And sometimes if I don't have the answers to why you did something, and I really am like, I have no idea, I can come and ask, actually ask you. And there's lots of ways to ask from a curious place. I think it really helps to, before you ask the question, get really clear for yourself about one, being able to handle the answer and really getting to a clear motivation for why you're asking so that you're not asking like, well, why did you do that? With the undertone of that was stupid, with a judgment undertone. To really be curious from a non-judgmental place, I would call that holding space. Holding space is curiosity without any judgment. And you have to really get to a place in yourself where you are not judging your spouse before you can actually come to them to be able to ask a question that doesn't feel judgy. Because if you're judging it, they will feel it some very high percentage of the time. They will know when you're like, have an ulterior motive for asking this question. Like, But if you are able to come and say, you know, I was thinking about this thing that you said and I'd like to know more. Will you please, would you be willing to share with me such and such thing and then asking a question. But even if it is just a conversation you're having with yourself and not necessarily asking those questions of your spouse, to really get to a place of curiosity and dropping all of the judgment. Do you have anything else to say about that? I don't. You said it really good. Okay. Step two, curiosity, leads to step three, compassion. Once you can get a better understanding of your spouse, whether it's through a conversation with them or just thinking about them and asking yourself questions about where they might be at, you can get to a place of compassion. If you are judging them for their choices or for their beliefs, you will not be able to get to as much compassion. Again, all of this is like a sliding scale. It's not a matter of like binary, yes, no. It's a whole range. But the more curious you can get, the more you can drop the judgment, the more compassion that you then have for your spouse. So that then you're like, hmm, I guess in that particular situation, it must've been really hard for them. I don't have a specific concrete example to talk about here. Maybe we come up with one. But the more compassion you have for your spouse, the more they will feel that when you do finally come to talk to them about the thing. So another way of that is to say, when I tell them this, how might their reaction be? And how might that reaction be justified? Getting yourself to a place where you're okay if they're upset, if you are pretty sure that whatever you have to say will be upsetting to them. Being able to have compassion in advance for however it might land with them. So that if they do come back with a negative emotion, with upset, becoming activated, crying, yelling, not to the point where you allow yourself to be abused by them, but to the point where you can say, I have enough compassion for them that I can tolerate whatever their response to me is going to be. So an example of this would be, hopefully this doesn't cut too close to home 
But an example could be if your spouse comes to you and says, look, I have this problem and this is how it's affecting me. I'll just say it. Memory loss. I have some issues with memory. And there was quite a while where I'd tell you, I just can't remember certain things. And there was no compassion from you. Hmm. And finally, I, I don't know, I guess I got the courage to really talk to you about it and explain how hurtful it was to not receive compassion for that. No understanding, no compassion. And how... And our kid just walked in. Hi, sweetie. I'm just getting tape. My other screwdriver just broke. Oh. Is somebody helping you with the tape? We really need a lock on our door. Keep the kids out. We're recording a podcast. Take that and have somebody... But I need them I totally lost my train of thought. So... Lost track of where I was. In action. It was it was already difficult enough to talk about it, but there was no compassion. But one day we had to talk about it. And I explained how I was really feeling. And I think something clicked with you and you started showing compassion. And it meant the world to me. Hmm. And so showing compassion for whatever your spouse is going through is so important. Mm-hmm. If you don't, it makes it hard for them to share again. Like we said in episode 48, the last episode, I guess when you shame or mock or don't take seriously the thing that your spouse is telling you, it builds a mountain in between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And, and so what you're describing so, is kind of the opposite way, which is also important. Um, me having compassion for you when you're sharing something hard with me is one thing. You having compassion for my response to your thing. Sure, I see. Compassion can go... Well, hopefully compassion goes both ways. Yeah. But if you've done something that I didn't like, then I want to have a conversation with you about it. It helps immensely for me to have compassion for you, even though you are the one who did the thing that I didn't like, but to have compassion for you as as in why did you react that way? What was going on for you? Mm -hmm. What was the belief system or the trauma or whatever it was that created that situation, that reaction for you, how can I have compassion for you in that moment? It doesn't mean that I'm like, okay, fine, it's everything's fine, I don't need to talk about it anymore, which actually sometimes that can happen. If I'm mad at you for something, and then I go through this process, sometimes I figure it out on my own, and I realize, oh, maybe I actually did something to create that situation too. Like Most every situation is co-created between both people, But, you know, what is my responsibility and what did I do to contribute to that situation? Sometimes that solves it. Not every time. I'm not suggesting that somebody should just take the thing that their spouse does and not say anything and just let it go because it doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. Sometimes once you are able to get to a place of compassion, though, it just kind of resolves it for you. But if it doesn't, then you move to step four, which is to have a conversation with your spouse. So you've prepared for this conversation by first creating safety for yourself, by creating boundaries, deciding ahead of time, if this doesn't go well, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to keep myself safe? Then you've gotten curious about your spouse, why they did what they did, why you did what you did, how this whole thing came to be, and what was going on in the background that we didn't necessarily see, what was going on under the surface. And then you find a place of compassion for it. 
to whatever degree that you can. Even if you believe your spouse still needs to be held accountable for their actions, you can still have compassion. You can hold your spouse accountable with compassion. So then you come to step four, which is having the conversation. So you've prepared yourself so that when you do have the conversation, you stay calm, you've seen all sides of the problem, you've acknowledged your part in the problem, and then you have dropped all the judgment for your spouse and hopefully the judgment for yourself as well, because self-judgment will keep you stuck every single time. But then you can open the conversation with love and compassion and understanding, and you can still hold your spouse accountable from that place. Sometimes people think, I have to be mad, I have to be angry. That's, be if, it's a, yeah, that's if it's a conversation about something that someone needs to help be helped There's not That won't always be the case. You won't right. always be holding them accountable. Sometimes it will be sharing something that's really important to you or that's really hard for you to share or something that you're feeling really bad about. You know what I mean? It's not always a matter of accountability, but if there sure. is some accountability to be had, that you're doing it from a different place rather than from a punitive, punishing, angry, vitriolic place, you can come to it from a place of compassion and love. And then you're able to stay calm, hopefully, through the conversation. Or if things don't stay calm, you're able to step back from it and at least know that you did everything that you could to make that conversation go well. And also understanding that sometimes if you do decide to step back, you can come back to it later. Well, when your spouse has had time to kind of process the amount that was shared. Not everything that you need to share with your spouse can be shared all at once. Sometimes you need to give it to them in small pieces at a time. It just really depends on what it is. And if I was talking to somebody about this, we would take into consideration the individual circumstances of that person's life and then kind of work through those. Like you have to understand if I'm about to drop a bomb on my spouse, I can let them have whatever reaction, as long as it's not abuse. Like as long as the reaction isn't abusive, as long as it's just them expressing their emotion after having this bomb dropped on them. If you can sort of work that out within yourself beforehand, you will handle it a lot better. You'll be able to give them the space that they need to process the thing that they've just learned. All right, so the steps I'm going to say, these are the four C's. There's four C's that just kind of happen this way. So the first step is create safety for yourself. Step two, curiosity. Step three, compassion. Step four, conversation. If you follow these four steps, I cannot guarantee that you will have a great conversation and then everything will turn out wonderful, but I can guarantee that it will go better than if you hadn't done those four steps, if you just come and drop a bomb unprepared for your spouse. So that is how to have a hard conversation. So go communicate with your spouse and have a great day. And if you feel like you don't know how to do that or you can't do it on your own, getting yourself a coach can help you. Somebody to talk with about it first to get yourself clear. Sometimes I have a hard time getting curious. Sometimes I have a really hard time getting to a place of curiosity or sometimes I have a really hard time actually getting to a place of compassion. But when I've been coached about stuff like this, my coach can help me get to this place of compassion. If you need help through this process, it's okay to get help. If you have a therapist, your therapist can help you. If you need a coach, I have openings. Sometimes a a good friend is all you need. I mean, it doesn't have to be a coach, is what I'm saying. But if you do need help, there's no shame in that. So I think that's it. Yeah. So um, if you have any questions, please reach out to me. My 
contact information is in the notes for this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Bites podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Let us know what you took away from this episode by sending us an email at info at You can also see what we're up to on Facebook and Instagram at Andalyn Price Coaching. Or you can visit my website, andalynprice.com, to learn more. See you next week. Bye! Bye. I think the noises are coming in. Oh, the kids are totally coming through. Yeah. If is that too much lip smacking? I cut out every single mouth noise possible. <clears throat> I hate mouth I hate, noises. I hate mouth noises too. In podcasts or anything. So I cut them all out. We'll probably be back by the time you hear this, but there you probably. go. Probably. We don't want to necessarily broadcast to everybody that we won't be home, you know. Yeah. Our, so, dog, our dog will eat them alive if they try. Um, we don't Why have a dog. Cut that out. <laughs>